And welcome to Oh, a podcast, the podcast about playing games and making games. Brought to you by Oh Rock Studios. I'm Paul Franzen, the head boy of Oh Rock. And I'm Michael Gray, the head writer of Oh Rock. How's it going, Michael? Uh, fine, although I haven't been doing any Oh Rock work, really. Uh, <laughs> I apparently have been doing a lot of solo work. Speaking of solo, have you seen the movie? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I haven't. I haven't have either. Let's talk about it for the next okay. fifteen minutes. I... <laughs> Good. Let's. All right. I think it looks dumb. I think it answers a bunch of questions that nobody really needed answering. I think the guy looks, acts, and sounds nothing like Harrison Ford, and I think the movie's totally pointless. Oh, oh, oh! Quick to the heart, and it's too late. Um. Now, I think it's probably going to be pretty decent. I like Ron Howard's directing work. I think he does, I don't know how to explain it. Like, he always does, like, at least a solid 5 or 6 out of 10, even with his bad stuff. Like, um, you know, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, which is really not the best of films, but I still liked it and enjoyed it, and I'm sure that's the same way, it would be the same way if I actually bothered to see Solo. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I feel like they're, they're really, I mean, and this is not, a, this is like the coldest take possible, but... I feel like with all these spin-off movies, they're, they're really starting to, to water down the Star Wars franchise. I kind of wish, uh, as much as I actually genuinely liked Rogue One, uh, I kind of wish it just stuck with, like, the numbered movies coming out, like, every two or three years. Like, I don't need a Star Wars movie every year. It's, it's like how I don't need a Marvel movie every month either, but, you know, that's where we are with those. Yeah. Well, did you hear that? Uh, I mean, I just saw earlier, like, an hour earlier, they're kind of canceling all the uh, Star Wars spin-offs now. <laughs> because really? of Solo being disappointing. <laughs> so they're like, we're not going to do uh, the Obi-Wan spinoff or the Boba Fett spinoff oh, that they were, we're planning. We're not going to get a spinoff about the Jawas, man. <laughs> well, I, I've i only seen like the first two Star Wars movies. So by, uh, by first two, do you mean the original first two or the prequel first two or the sequel first two? I saw every one of the prequel movies when they came out and, and just uh, like... Okay. The, this past year, I watched the first two. Oh, wow. Yeah, Star Wars and then Empire Strikes Back. Oh, I mean, if if Jar Jar Binks was your introduction to the Star Wars universe, I can kind of see why why you put off watching the rest for a while. <laughs> I actually don't think he's that bad, but... Oh, 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 all right. <laughs> no, actually, I, I can't complain. Like, my my older brothers, like, they were... They were, like, the right age when Star Wars came out, I think. Like, they were around when Star Wars was originally in theaters. I wasn't. And, you know, when I was a little kid, they kept trying to get me into it. I, I had to, I watched it a few times with them, I think. And it, it didn't do anything for me. Like, I was so bored by Star Wars when I was, like, six or seven. Like, I just thought it was the dumbest, lamest. And then, you know, I watched it again in high school and it was awesome. So, Well, it's interesting me watching it now because I sort of had the same reaction. But yeah. I, I can tell you can tell the movie's made 30, 40 years ago because just all the various decisions. They do like swipe cuts all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, no modern movie, no modern Star Wars movie, I say, would be that slow paced because it takes them like 
30 minutes to get off the planet, and then they spend another 30 minutes inside the Death Star. Which is interesting, but it's still like 30 minutes, basically inside the same location. Yeah, well, I think, um, did you see, gosh, what was the, the, the one that came out last year that everyone hates now? Oh, um, uh, The Force Awakens, yeah. No, no, The Last Jedi, the one after The Force Awakens. Oh, yeah, Awakens. okay, yeah, The Last Jedi, yeah. yeah, that's the one everyone hates now. Yeah, I felt like that was actually, that, that, the pacing in that was kind of off too, and I, I'm I'm sort of an apologist for the movie. Like I didn't think it was the thing that completely ruined Star Wars forever for everyone. Like like other people say it is, but like the entire like middle third of it like is unnecessary. I, they could have cut that out, and I would have been fine with that. You mean you know? the the part where they went to a casino and helped horse yes. gamblers? <laughs> yes, I do mean that. Well, it's interesting because, you know, my wife and I kind of got into a little argument there about it. And um, uh, personally, it's a bugbear of mine when movies do that. I, I complained about this with Frozen 2, where uh, the plot happens because the characters don't talk to each other like normal people do. <laughs> and so that happens exactly with that Star Wars movie, where General Purple Hair refuses to tell everybody what her secret plan yeah. is. And she's like, I'm just yeah. going to pretend I have no plan. And and she's surprised when the rebels that she's leading are rebellious. It's yeah. But on the other hand, Poe is also a complete jerk to her for no reason. It's like, oh, you're in charge. I'm going to be a jerk and not not believe you're in charge. Well, I mean, I guess spoiler alert. Basically, everyone's dead by the end of the movie. So I guess whatever they were trying to do, it didn't work out well for them. The the characters, I mean, right? Isn't it? Doesn't it end with like the rebellion having like eight people left in it or something? Yeah, it's very sad. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's also strange to see that you could just have a ship go to light speed and use that to destroy another ship. That just sort of retroactively asks the question of why they didn't bother doing that in any other movie. <laughs> <laughs> no one thought of it before. Totally original idea. Well, you you guys are more like Star Trek people than, than Star Wars. Is that is that a fair assessment? Um... Be honest, I only really like Star Trek Deep Space Nine, which is the soap opera one. <laughs> so it's the one yeah, that fans don't like, if that makes yeah. sense. So I, I don't I don't know if I can make any judgments. Oh. But still, oh, yeah. um interested in seeing where the Star Wars franchise is gonna go now that they've basically have no characters left. Are, are they're all dead, like you said. Yeah, and the ones the ones that aren't dead the actors died in real life, so like, not not gonna be easy. It's gonna be yeah. I'm 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 I'm, I'm I don't know. I I really liked uh, the Force Awakens. I thought that was fantastic. Um, I'm still excited to see what happens with Episode Nine, with uh whatever whatever they're calling that. I don't think they've said yet. Yeah, I thought the Force Awakens was okay. I guess, but Aww. then I saw the first one and I liked it a little better. I think it was. Oh, oh, here's my thing. I saw the first movie, and I thought Luke and Leia were just, like, the cutest couple ever, and so, <laughs> and, and actually, oh, no. one of my Twitter followers recommended I read the book, uh, the first Star Wars book ever written, which was supposed to be turned into the sequel, except it became a hit movie and made a bunch of money, and so they actually got a budget for the sequel, but in, in the book, Luke and Leia totally become a thing. There's, like, an awkward, flirty chapter where, um, I think he's, like, in a bar or something, and they're pretending to be locals from this dangerous place, 
And so he pretends that she's his slave girl, and, you know, he slaps her for speaking out of line. And then when when they go outside, she slaps him back. It's like, that was for treating me like garbage. And he's like, oh, yeah? And he picks up some mud and throws it at her. And then she throws mud at him, and they have throwing mud time with each other. Oh, man, I'm, I'm so sad that we were robbed of that scene on the uh, on the big screen. Yeah, just when they're about to kiss, uh, you know, bad guys show up with a knife and, and try that, to that's fight That's something them. I always think about with, with big plot twists in franchises, in, I mean, even in, in just movies and games in general, is like, how how far back were they thinking this plot twist was going to happen? The, the them being siblings, the, the I, I guess, spoiler alert if no one's seen Star Wars, Darth Vader being his dad, like, how much of that was something that they were planning from the beginning versus how much of that is something they were, they thought of on the fly when they got to that part of the script. That's like, I just, um, I don't want to say what name, the name of the game, because I don't want to give uh, any spoilers, but I just played this uh, co-op game with my buddy Eric where there was this huge, huge plot twist about, like, seven-tenths of the way through the game. Like, we're getting close to the game, and it kind of hits this crescendo with this, what was a really cool plot twist. But, like, if you thought about it for more than five seconds, almost nothing that happened in the game to that point actually made sense in terms of the plot twist. It's like, <laughs> okay, none of these characters would have been doing any of these things if the, if the thing, if this plot twist were true. Like, this isn't, this isn't how any of these people should have been acting. So it really made me wonder, like, really, is it just that they were working in the design document for this game and they got to that part of the script and some one dude turned to the other. He's like, you know what would be really cool is if this happened. And then they just kind of high-fived and wrote that into the game. You know, we we have it documented on Star Wars that both of their big plot twists in movie two and three were made up <laughs> on the fly. Yeah. So you'll notice with the outlines I gave you, I actually have some plot twists like predicted in advance, so it should be more natural. Were there any big plot twists in Cat President? <laughs> or um, uh, <laughs> I can think of one for Rover's bad ending. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was that was made up on the fly. But yeah, with the pizza but it delivery, was also hilarious. With the pizza delivery boy who saved the world, I kind of made up that plot twist, uh, the big plot twist towards the end. I sort of made it up mm-hmm. at the end and went back and wrote it in to have it work. Yeah. So, no, I I really did like that. I think um, the first time I read the script, I even like made a comment in the word doc. There was like, "What? Oh my god!" and and I think you're right. Like, I think it really did like makes sense for the rest of the game. Now, I don't think there's anything that happens earlier in the script that that, that contradicts that to any any real degree. Um, I'm excited to see how people are going to react to this game. Um, I, I guess, are we still talking about Star Wars or should we move on to actual game development? I guess we could move on to actual do game have, development. Do you have, do you have any more thoughts offended... on Star Wars you want to get out real quick? Yeah. <laughs> so I noticed the new Star Wars movies aren't like the older Star Wars movies in that... I don't know. There's some sort of quality that's lacking in the scenes. I think it's because now it's a big blockbuster. So it's not like, you know, the old movies where, you know, people make references to specific scenes from those movies. Like, Obi-Wan has trained you well. And, you know, I could name like 10 other lines which have just been absorbed into pop culture osmosis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not the case with the new Star Wars movies at all. So, I mean... People remember the Ewoks much better than whatever those monsters were in that last movie. They were cute, though. <laughs> I did think um, episode The Force Awakens. I think I liked the comedy in that one. 
And that's not something you really say about the original trilogy, unless unless I'm mistaken. Like, I, they aren't exactly laugh-a-minute films. Yeah, no, they aren't. But uh, I was interesting. I do remember seeing the, the original Star Wars in theaters. Now, I guess I must have seen it earlier, though. But uh, the first <laughs> scene of the movie where the droids just run across a hallway where bad guys are shooting every second, the people in the audience just started out laughing. They burst out <laughs> laughing. It's like, I had no idea that was supposed to be a humorous scene. I guess it is kind of funny that they're able to casually walk across a fire field without getting hit. <laughs> well, there is the part, too, where the uh, the one stormtrooper accidentally hits his head on the ceiling. <laughs> like, there was... Have you seen that? Like, it's not... It's like, it's totally unscripted. It's just like the actor screwed up and it got left in the film. I was kind of surprised at how mean C-3PO is to his buddy R2-D2. <laughs> they're, they're supposed to be buddies, but in that movie, he's just oh. a total jerk and spends... Like I said, the first half hour of the movie is on Sand Planet. So. But I was also going to say the, the style of characters for uh, Star Wars was also very different. We don't see a lot of those nowadays. Yeah, well, certainly I was going to say the um, the costumes and all. Like, it has a very 70s feel to it, I feel like. Not that I know what the 70s really feels like, but like there's there's a very specific feel to the original Star Wars movies that is it's really funny when they have to duplicate that in the newer films like uh did you did you see rogue one by any chance i did yes and i i did not like it so oh but i was thinking especially like at the very end of the movie where uh you basically get the bridge from that film into uh episode four like and you see everyone wearing these crazy 19 straight out of 1970s costumes like it it's weird because they're really very much trying to match it to the original film, but it's it's so jarring in the way they do it. I, I know. So Star Trek had yeah. the same thing, um, you know, when they went back in time to the original 60s films and, and the soap opera show that I watched. It's like, <laughs> uh, some of it works, a lot of it doesn't, but there were a lot of jokes. It was a comedy episode about how awful the uh, things were. And then they had the guy trying to figure out how to use a flip phone because he doesn't know how they work. <laughs> that was a hilarious shot. <laughs> but still, okay, back to Star Trek then. So I have very... <laughs> Very little experience with Star Trek. I forget, we might have talked about this before. I've seen, like, a couple episodes of the original series, and then I've seen movies t- uh, number two, three, and four. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the, the, the Saving the Whales movie. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's great. But my... My favorite part. So, like the whole the the star the Star Trek gang uh, goes to Earth in in what passed for the present day. I get I don't know when the movie. It was, was made. the exact the same year the movie 90s. was made. That's a Star Trek yeah. thing. They're always going to present day when they travel to the past. <laughs> when the guy <laughs> he encounters an Earth computer and he picks up the mouse and says "computer" like he's trying to activate it, and I just thought. I've, I was dying laughing. My wife and I have been, like, quoting that scene for going on six or seven years at this point because we thought it was so so goofy. That's <laughs> <It's> ridiculous. <laughs> oh. Okay, and I was going to say, um, uh, back to Star Wars, I guess we could... I'll, yes. I'll try to wrap this up. Um, the character type of uh, Luke is not one we see very often anymore. It sure. reminds me of Telemachus from the Odyssey. Which is, his character art is he kind of starts off as a whiny brat and he slowly, you know, takes up the mantle of being a hero. 
And it's like, yes, that's a legitimate character arc, a legitimate storyline, but people don't like watching it because you have to see our character be a brat for a good portion of the film. So I feel like that's the reason we don't see those character arcs very more, and why when people read the Odyssey, my only experience is that in like high school, so I could be wrong, but everybody hated that character who had the exact same arc, uh, Odysseus's son. So let's talk about video games. What do you think? Yeah, so in, in video game news, I've been doing... Uh, I had two games come out. Yeah. Was uh, was that intentional? Were they supposed to come that out? That was not one intentional right in the slightest. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was a surprise to me. I had no idea when hosted games, or choice of games. I don't know which term to refer yeah. to it as. I think it's hosted games, but... I had no idea when they were going to release the game, because I had submitted it to them in January, and it just came out sometime in July. So, And it was, what was it, it was like two days before or after? Two days after, Mermaid. yeah, they did not tell me ahead of time what the release date would be. So what I found out is, you know, every couple of days I was checking their blog posts, because they've got a blog saying, okay, here's all the games we've you know, we've accepted this year, here are anticipated release dates. And mm-hmm. so every now and then they update it when they actually have a release date. So I'm like, Ugh, I'm I'm still two games behind in the list, if that makes sense. There are two games before mm-hmm. me, ahead of me in the list. And the one of them was scheduled for a Steam release as well. So um, I actually went to Steam and saw their game was like released on the, supposed to be released on the 14th or 15th. And I think my game came out on the 16th, so I was expecting, like, a huge gap in between my game. Yeah. Less than, more than a day, I'll say. But it looks like, um, so I did, I, I saw that it was released on, I think it was Android, too, and I, and I saw that you have a lot of reviews on Android. Like, way more than any of our Steam games, I think. What? I ha- Oh, no, you haven't even seen that? Oh, no, now <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> Should be interesting. The courting of Miss Bennett. Yeah. Yeah, it should be interesting because because when I sent it to hosted games, um, they they sort of give you some autonomy over how the game's going to be presented. So I I think right I picked. I don't remember because it's been like five months, but I'm pretty sure I picked the game is free with ads and you can pay to disable ads. But uh, they decided to go with uh, the first four chapters are free, and you pay to unlock the entire game. So the reason why I think I did it the original way is because I wrote my trailer. You know, I wrote a trailer for the game, you know, back when. And in the trailer, I, you know, one of the selling points is, oh, did I mention the game is totally free? Right. And so I kind of had to cut that line out of the trailer. <laughs> because it's... <laughs> They switch payment methods on me. I presume they know better than I do uh, which one is better. But no, okay, so the game was released June 7th. My my mistake. And, okay, this is what happened. It leapfrogged the game, which um, was being co-released on Steam. It looks like the game that's being released on Steam is being released tomorrow. Okay. So that's why my game was so unexpected release. There was a game ahead <laughs> yeah. of me in line for a while, but I leapfrogged it by two weeks. Yeah, that game got pushed back, pushed I guess, back for, two for weeks. whatever Doomsday reason. Doomsday on demand. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm looking at your um, your Android reviews right now. So you have 30-plus uh, reviews and 70 ratings. Wow. 
Yeah, like, okay, so 30, I think we, I think Cat President beats you by number of reviews, but 70 ratings, like, I've never even seen a number that high in our, in our experience. Uh, and you have uh, four out of five stars average, too. Oh my so well gosh, done. wow. Yeah, dude, go you. I'm surprised, to be honest. Um, part of the reason I'm so surprised is, like, the first four chapters were what I wrote with uh, Diana Gray, like, three years ago. <laughs> and then <laughs> the rest of the game was all written by me, um, you know, during um, NaNoWriMo in November. So mm. I feel like there's probably going to be some disconnect between... The first four chapters sure. and the rest of the book, which I feel like that could be kind of awkward because the first four chapters are what everyone plays. And then all of a sudden I go hardcore into, uh, I go somewhat hardcore into using Elizabethan, it's not Elizabethan yeah. style, but whatever, Regency style phrasing and giant, uh, not giant, but overblown commas everywhere where they're not necessary. <laughs> Lo and behold, one of the reviews I'm looking at right now is says uh, they like it, but it shifts in tone between Pride and Prejudice and more modern tone. So, but um, oh, that's on purpose. Um, that no, is, that's on purpose. <laughs> I, I, that is um, uh, the characters use modern slang um on, hmm. on purpose. So, um, originally I was going to do originally the plan was to have modern style and then um old style, but that would involve like making the game twice as long. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah, already sure, 200,000 sure. words. It's actually ah. like 198,000, but rounding. So um, <laughs> it sounds better to say 200,000 words. In any case, um, yeah, no, it's on purpose where it kind of shifts back and forth between the style, but I tried to make it less jarring. Mm-hmm. No, like I said, I mean, the vast majority of the reviews are, are positive. Average four out of five stars, which which I think is pretty good. That sounds very good to me. I hope, I hope, I hope, hope, hope that I make money on it. So. Yeah, I can't, I mean, I can't tell if the game, uh, I can definitely install it for free on Google, but I, I, is it, I don't know if it's a thing where, like like you were saying, you play, you get the first few chapters for free and then the rest are an in-app purchase, or if it's ads or or both, it doesn't really say. Hmm, it says, um, okay, but, well, I mean, the online one is buy it now for two ninety nine. Um, I don't know about the app store. Ooh, it's also available on Amazon. I'll see what no Amazon does. Oh, man. Free download um, in-app purchases. So that makes it sound like it's going to be the first four chapters are free, and then you pay to unlock the rest of it. Ooh. Oh, no reviews on Amazon. No reviews, but I'm number 568 in role-playing games. This is not a role-playing game. <laughs> what? <laughs> role-playing game? All right. I mean... It's a role-playing in the game in the sense that literally every game is a role-playing game and that you are playing a role. But Top 100 games, Gymnastic Superstar, Animal Jam, My Talking Cat, <laughs> My Talking Dog, Love Nikki, Dress Up Queen. No, why am I losing to Love Nikki, Dress Up Queen? <laughs> You're losing by a lot, it sounds like. Oh, I'm losing by several hundred, yes. <laughs> how, is, how is Mermaid Mission Titanic doing? Mermaid Titanic is doing much better, thank you, I think. Uh, like I said, I have no idea how well. <laughs> it's not getting as many reviews. I don't know how many reviews it's gotten in total. In fact, I should look it up right now. Well, I, I bet, too, the, part of the reason you're getting so many reviews is because the game is a free download, at least. So, like, our games on Steam, you have to pay up front, so you can't review it until you pay it. But mm -hmm. if it's free, you know, anyone can go for it. 
Yeah, I feel like that's part of it, yeah. So let's see if I've gotten any reviews for Mermaid Mission Titanic. I've gotten the one from uh, somebody I know, uh, or at least, (laughs) you know, likes some of my uh, tweets, so that's good. (laughs) I rated it as as helpful. It's a helpful review. Yay! Yeah, yeah, that was a helpful (laughs) review. It didn't like the um, interface, uh, the graphic novel interface. It's like, which is okay. But, um, I'm not allowed to say sales figures, but do you know how many sales you need to make before the trading cards come free? Uh, the trading cards, no, I don't. Uh, I can tell you that Francie Drew and Friends has not hit that threshold yet. Okay, so, um, I'm actually gonna got, get some ads going, um, next week when I'm on vacation, so we'll see oh, if cool. those work or at least pay for themselves um yeah facebook ads please, were, please tell me were ridiculous <laughs> me trying to figure out how to get them to work so it's weird um a b testing was actually like much cheaper than um just a straight ad and by that i mean they gave they gave me two options number one it's like okay you can have your ad run in sideboards or you can submit two versions of the same ad. One goes to a specific audience, another goes to a different specific audience. Oh, weird. And you can change the distribution, so it's like 50-50 or 60-40, 90-10. They charge a lot more if it's 90-10 for whatever reason. But um, it was under $20 for me to do a 50-50 split, and it was would have been like over $70 for me just to do the single ad targeted towards this one group. Mm-hmm. So I I don't understand why they did it that way, but that's the way it was. So, oh my gosh, uploading video games to Steam is a nightmare. Now that the game's out, <laughs> I feel much better about it. But that is just the worst. I actually I wrote a guide on how to do it in case I ever have to do it again. So oh, can you share it with me? Yes, <laughs> because that would, I found a, I found a YouTube tutorial that I that I like skip around on every time I need to do it. That tutorial, then, I know, yeah. I know that tutorial. It has a couple of yeah. problems. Problem number yeah. one, it's outdated. The Steam interface doesn't look like that yes. anymore, so it's a couple years old. You can kind of figure it out, but that's still a problem. Uh, problem number two, um, and I, you know, I wrote this out in my guide is. The, the the person who does the tutorial is like, okay, I've already logged on to this system here, so we're going to... It doesn't explain how to log on to the system, which is not helpful, especially because it's That's one of the hidden. hardest parts. <laughs> it's hidden somewhere inside the folder, and... Yes. Let me see how many... Just finding the stupid file that you're supposed to use is awful. Anyway, it's just it's just really awful. I don't know why they designed it that way. It's so much better with itch.io where you just drop yeah. drop the zip file into um just just upload yeah, just the like bloody thing. Your browser as opposed to using what's basically a DOS interface. To, it feels like I'm hacking the mainframe when I'm uploading a game to Steam. It's just it's it's yeah. I'm sure they have a very good reason for it. I don't know what that reason is though. Yeah, well, I, uh, as I might have mentioned, I'm being hired as a consultant for the uh, Amelia Darnell people, yeah. so um, that's one of the things they specifically want me to wanted me to to help with was how to get a game released on Steam. So I'm glad that's sort of the reason why I took copious notes. I don't know if I'm planning on uploading any other games. Mm-hmm. 
that's a question I have, um, something I need to figure out, but uh, I know we're, we've got a couple of projects in the Piper, so... Um, gosh, I don't know where I was going with that. Anyway, I finished my two self-publishing games, and I don't know what to do now. Should I self-publish another game or not? <laughs> I guess, um, be curious to see what, what your sales figures from Choice of Games look like, because maybe that'll be something uh, worth continuing to pursue. Would be a would be another text based game like that. Yeah, uh, it makes me wonder what I should do. Uh, you know, if that game's popular, if I would do, uh, I don't know, another game in that vein. I just don't know what it would be. Like Pride and Prejudice in Space, Pride and Prejudice and Murder. Are there Sense and Sensibility? This is going to be a a very ignorant sounding question. Like, are there actual sequels to Pride and Prejudice? Like, is Sense and Sensibility a Pride and Prejudice. No, it's just written by the same yeah. author, and it's the okay. same genre. So that's it. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess it really just depends on what kind of numbers you see from both of these games. Uh, help you figure out what what you want to work on next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As I know, uh, you mentioned today, um, we've been going back and forth on different ideas for uh, different games. I know you mentioned today, it's like, well, we wouldn't be able to work on any of these games in like six years. So cool <laughs> well, your yeah, jets there, already... bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, oh, we have, we have two projects we're currently working on. One's, uh, you know, will be hopefully wrapped up by the end of the summer. Uh, and, and that being pizza boy and internet court. And then I think we had previously decided that we want our next game to be the room escape adventure game. So whatever we work on next is going to be the game that comes after that, or I guess after Internet Court, but you know what I mean. Uh, we have, <laughs> we're have we starting to develop a bit of a, bit of a queue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, that's that that's fair. So. so let's see, the other games, um, let's see if I have any questions. Oh, yeah, sure. We need names for the characters for mom games. All of the all of the names are placeholders. I'm tired oh, of like naming them. my wife like- in, <laughs> in games. <laughs> yeah, wait, please, please, can you please list some of the names you came up with? Because I really enjoyed them. Um, Katie Gray, Laura Bush, yeah. Rosa Parks, <laughs> and Nancy Hardy. Yeah, no, I think we're going to leave those in. Those sound perfect. I don't see what the problem is. <laughs> I actually, it was going to be Nancy Reagan, but then I realized, wait, I have a last name for Nancy already. <laughs> uh, and her child is Joe. Obviously, Nancy and Frank named it after Joe, uh, Frank's brother, clearly. <laughs> oh, Laura's name was Laura because you you wanted a love triangle character, so her last name is Laura Love Triangle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I feel like that should be like a fix. No, we're we're leaving that in also. That's perfect. <laughs> we at least need a name for sister and the main character. I guess this, should the player pick the main character's name? Yeah, people seem to like that. I think it's fun. It's funny. I've had people like send um, pictures at me from the mermaid game of the stupid names they came up with for the yes. mermaid. Yes. No, every time I test Pizza Boy, I always name the, the main character who is played by you. I always name him something like John Cena or The Rock or, you know. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> Michael Jordan. <laughs> it's the best part that I play through the whole game was Michael Jordan. It's fun. <laughs> Which is actually a problem because then uh, if I want to take screenshots for like the Steam page or whatever to share on Twitter, I'm like, oh, wait. 
Now it's going to say Michael Jordan all over it. Uh. So let's see. It looks like sexy booty is... Oh my goodness. Well, should we should we talk about the um the game that might be um the cause of this bottleneck the uh the project that we have not done much work on yet but it's a it's a it's a big project for us I will I just wanted to say also the dolphin yeah. people like calling the dolphin tuna <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> I thought Flipsy was a great name for a dolphin but no tuna okay oh, oh, oh. it's like naming your pig bacon <laughs> I know it's... Oh, but no. So, uh, Michael and I, um, should we, should we talk about this? I've tweeted Is this it... on, uh, on yeah, Twitter. So on Twitter, I sent, it's like, okay, what project do you all want me to see? Here are various projects we are working on. I forget what the fourth project was. I think it was, it was the sexy Catholic priest one, wasn't it? <laughs> I'm really sad that one got bumped on the list. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm totally not in like the mindset to play it. I, but, I understand. But I, I'm, I understand. I'm definitely more in a mindset to do Encyclopedia Brown or the mom stuff. But it's weird that I had written like, I've written like 18 like Encyclopedia Brown reviews and I posted like <laughs> two of them. So I've been in a huge binge of Encyclopedia Brown recently. Sure. But I asked, um, you know, is it too late to work on Cat President DLC? And people said, mm. um, no, 71% no, but this was only 35 votes. So yeah. I don't know if that's an accurate portrayal of like the actual yeah. gaming world. Well, we, we talked about this in a, in a few different email threads, but the reason I'm reluctant to do the Cat President DLC, um, besides the, uh, the, the big one, which is the hell do I know about making DLC? <laughs> How are we going to upload that to Steam? I don't know the first... Right? Like, I can barely upload a regular game. <laughs> I had to upload my stupid game like 50 times, and then <laughs> the weird thing was the Apple version didn't work when I uh, bundled them together in RenPy. And so I had to... Uh, the Linux and the, the, the Windows version just came fine, so I bundled them together, and then I had to export separately on its own as just a Mac, because for whatever reason, uh, all three of them together didn't work. You said that worked when uh, you did it, right? Yeah, I just do the, the all, whatever the all button is, I push that yeah, one. Yeah, I wish that had happened, because then I wouldn't have to do the, you know, the DOS interface. I could have done the simple uh, just upload um, online. Oh, I'm so... F Wait, there's a way you can do that? It's um, it's in beta. It's in beta. All right, maybe that's why I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, so it said, beta only for game that's under 250 MB. I'm like, yes, just made it. But if if I bundle the uh, the Mac version separately, it basically copies... Instead of, re instead of sharing assets, it has to recreate its assets all for the Mac version. So that yeah, puts it over 250 and just shoots me in the foot. <laughs> so yeah, so even doing DLC would be a monster. I don't even know what the, the yeah. various... Like, Depot? What even is a Depot? I have no idea what a Depot is. I wish I could tell I'm you. I'm glad. Maybe that's... So <laughs> our friend Jetty from GameCola keeps offering on Facebook to help with the programming stuff, and maybe I should take him up on that at some point, because he seems like someone who would know what a Depot is. Do you think... Do you agree? I do. I bet I, he knows. You know, I've got yeah. one of my random side game ideas, which I, I should probably throw at him at some point to see if it's actually possible, but... I was thinking of doing like a, a Fire Emblem side game because I, I wrote out some rules for how it would work, but I mean this is this is like a what have you called 
strategy RPG games. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'd have to figure I don't think out. I could do that with Renpy. I'd have to figure out a way to program it so you know the care the mm-hmm. computer picks um, what you do. But I think I've got the entire attack system and leveling up system and stat system mm-hmm. figured out. It's just I have no idea how to program it. So. So yeah, the DLC, um, it's, it's, it's sort of unfortunate, uh, Michael has a very, like, a whole big script written out for it, uh, already, but, um, because of that, that reason, and also because, like, we, we had originally talked about trying to finish it before the midterm elections, and, uh-oh, that's, like, three months away. Yeah, I wrote the DLC, like, uh, I'm seeing the date, it's yeah. like, I opened, started this in December of 2016, so. Yeah. We, we we had a little trouble working it into our schedule. Now it's 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 late for that um, milestone. Mm-hmm. But what we've been talking about and the thing I've I've been sort of building up for the last few minutes is we're in the very 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 early stages of a full sequel to Cat President Cat President Two. Um, we're we're really we're getting pretty serious about it. Um, so one of the projects I'd set aside for myself today was reading through Michael's DLC script and trying to figure out what parts we could adapt into a potential full sequel um, so that we don't just totally lose all of that all of that work that Michael already put into it. Yeah, I felt like, I don't know, it would be stupid for us to offer it as DLC for the sequel, but no. it could also okay, work well, as like, I, <laughs> it's like, oh, this is why Rover isn't in the sequel. Here's the DLC story that I recycled and made no changes to. Well, so I had I had some ideas. Um, I I'll I'll email you the the very very like minutia specific stuff I was thinking about. But for that specifically, okay, let me go back for a second. One of the things that Michael and I need to decide is which character from Cat President is going to be the president in the sequel. Right? Yeah, that's a like, huge it's a, deal. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Um, so we can get into that in a couple minutes, but one of the things I've been looking at is for whichever character is the president, like we could add it as a bonus content. We could put, we could program that character, that character's pathway into the game as like, you know, a bonus thing that you unlock after completing one of the pathways that like shows you what this character has been doing in the last four years, something like that. Oh, wow. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. That's pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll add that to the list. <laughs> that, that can salvage at least one of the pathways. Um, and that, like I said, I have a lot of thoughts on it. And I, I told, as I emailed you earlier, that I couldn't respond to it in time because it was going to take me too long to write it all before the podcast started. But uh, you'll be getting that tomorrow. Um, so now what we're talking about, what we've been talking about, is trying to decide who the president is going to be. Uh, and what I absolutely 100% think we should do is hold, like, an election on Steam. Like, we'll do a big post on the Steam forums for Cat President and literally have people vote on who's the president in the sequel. And, I mean, that'll determine, like, which ending in Cat President 1 is, like, the canon ending. I think I think that would be a really cool way to, to involve the, the community, the fans. I think, I think that's... I, I think that's so cool. I really, I really, I really hope we do that. But yeah, so that's that's sort of um, that's sort of where we are. So that's one of the reasons we need to figure out who the president is, because I think that'll that'll sort of lay the foundation for a lot of this. Like literally, the script is not written. We're still talking about like what character, like what archetypes, what kind like, of characters what would be we the want. Main like, char- how many characters? I think six yeah, should work. Like, but I think it should be six because that's what we did last time. But yeah, I have no idea who the main character is. I don't think it should be the same same one as the last game. But I had this thought, this problem we could run into is 
If the main character from Cat President 1 shows up in Cat President 2, what's their name? Default name. I guess. Isn't that going to be... That's going to suck for people who played the original and named them something else, though. They're going to be like, who? who is this person? It'll be like me playing Final Fantasy IV The After Years all over again. Oh, there's no way to look up what that person's name is. Well, I guess we could always there, there like have the, the character pick their name, so... Yeah, that was that was sort of what I was thinking, too. And, like, if we do the um the bonus pathway idea I had before, like, the main character from Cat President is the main character in all the, the DLC pathways, so if we include one of those, we'll also have to make sure the player has the opportunity to name the character then, so it's... Well, in the, at you know, the start of every up. DLC, it's uh, that there's a part where you get to pick the main character's name. Oh, perfect. That's at the start of every single DLC. I should note that the DLC is perfect purposely only like four three or four chapters long per storyline rather than like ten so yeah yeah well i think that's another reason why it'll work good is like a nice little just bonus pathway if we if we were able to do that Mm -hmm. oh but yeah so there's a lot of so many unanswered questions at this point like we've really only gotten semi-serious about in the last few days but there's i mean i'm getting i'm getting pretty excited about it and so the reason this is causing a bit of a bottleneck for us is (laughs) <laughs> I'm working on two games right now. If uh, Escape Room is next, then Cat President 2 has to be the one, the next project after that. It has to be the next next project, right? Because otherwise, mm-hmm. it's there's not going to be enough time to finish it before the 2020 election, which is I is our target. Like, we want to be able to release it in time for the election. That's what we did last time, too. Yeah, so. I feel like that would be smart, yeah. I think that worked out well for us last time, sort of when the election hits its crescendo of, of people talking about it. It's a good time to release a game about it, get us some good coverage. So so that's why the mom game, the the sexy priest game, the Encyclopedia Brown game, anything else will have to wait then to be added to our schedule until we finish one of those projects that we haven't really started yet. So that's where we are with that. Yeah, it'll be wow fun i suppose i don't know <laughs> yeah. like i said i mean if if you want you're you're certainly welcome to to work on encyclopedia round game if you want or or whatever like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna stop you from trying to self-publish them if, oh yeah no if, no if I, i'm just laughing because i was like i have no idea how to <coughs> how to pick which character types and what you, you sent me like a list of 50 and then i'm like i did i sent you so many and characters then i had like three President. characters i specifically wanted to which were nowhere on yeah. your list <laughs> That's fine. It's like I want somebody who who doesn't have a platform. All they do is just <laughs> yell about how much they hate the current president. Because I know that's <laughs> that's going to be like one of the forerunners. Oh no, I didn't put that on my 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 response that's list. That's not didn't on your that. short list. <laughs> no, because I was thinking because I saw a character who yells a lot. And I'm like, oh, that's too much like Thunderfall. I'm not sure. <laughs> but we can we can we can keep working on it. There's no. I mean, yeah, well, now I, I want to be able to start the game in the next, like, you know, six months or whatever. We don't need to start it tomorrow. Oh. Yeah, yeah, okay. I did do a blog post back in the day, um, August 2016. It's like, here's what a Banders pathway might be, so. Oh, you already, so you already even have that to, uh, to start. I outlined it, yeah, but it's specifically, it follows right after the um, Thunderpaw, so it takes place in Thunderpaws. Um, chapter 1, Fallout from the Debate... Uh, Frisky's campaign earlier ended in that pathway, so that means there's only three viable candidates. Yeah. Spoiler alert: one of the characters we're talking about is uh, to be a, uh, to be a playable or to be a 
one of the candidates is uh, Banders, <laughs> Thunderpaw's uh, weird hippie brother from the first game, since he was a he was a pretty popular side character. There there were actual reviews, people saying that they wanted a Banders pathway, and I know Mike. I'm pretty sure Michael's a fan of the character, so it made sense to bring him. Oh, that, to bring him that back. would mean I'd have to do more singing, wouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know the Doctor Nom Nom's uh, DLC also features one of the side characters, uh, Jason, um, Jason. Uh, somewhat prominently. So the, the sad sack cat. That was a random idea we had while um, you know in the original game. It's like, what about all these cats that we see that are also running for president but don't make it? It's like, should we write something for them? But then we didn't do that DLC. So yeah. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, that's. That's sort of one of the reasons why I'm going through the DLC and trying to to see what we can use because I I don't I don't want all that time you spent on it to be to be totally for waste so I want to try to do as much as we can with it um, use whatever we can as starting points incorporate it into the game uh, however we can so yeah if anybody has any good ideas for like a specific <laughs> character type please let yeah. us know <laughs> we want to make Cat President too can you guys tell us what it should be. <laughs> I know I put out, like, a call for that when we were doing the original Cat President. It's like, is there any politician you want to see us lampoon? And then somebody picked, uh. like, a politician from the 80s, I think. And I'm like, no! <laughs> Thank you, fans. <laughs> so. Ouch. But that was during the DJ Nibbles uh, pathway, I believe. So I, I went with somebody else. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't I don't think we're going to be lack for uh characters. I think I think the bigger problem is going to be us trying to just decide which six characters we want to be in the game. Yeah. Rather than we don't have enough ideas. And I think no matter which characters we pick, people are going to try to read them into the people who are actually yeah. running for president at the time. <laughs> so that's something Michael and I also talked about a bit uh in our email thread was that I was I I sort of think we should make the game less specific parodies of specific politicians just because i think it dates the game and and you know whatever i just it doesn't it doesn't appeal to me as much as a as a player of these games mm -hmm. um but yeah i i you're 100 percent correct no matter what we do people are going to try to assign politicians to this one just like they did the original yeah one. i saw that like people are like oh obviously yeah. rover is supposed to be ted cruz so i'm like <laughs> What? <laughs> because Ted Cruz is secretly a dog. No, I just—he's not a dog. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, I—we—I'm sure we've talked about this before, but I laugh. I love that. Love, love isn't the right word, but I laugh so much when I see comments from people talking about any of our games and saying that this is so obviously a reference to Pokemon or whatever. I'm like, I. Don't think it is. It's your. This is a reference to Yu-Gi-Oh. Like I've never watched or played Yu-Gi-Oh, so it probably so. isn't. Like <laughs> that's happened to me. Like somebody, you know, I had a video. I said, "Hey, how's it going?" And somebody's like, "Oh my gosh, that's a Phineas and Ferb reference." I'm like, "No, <laughs> I was just asking people how's it going." <laughs> Wait, did you see the? I think it was like. Uh, SpongeBob. I forget what the reference was, but there was like, did we talk about? Did I talk about this last month? I don't think so. There was, there was some phrase that we, I or we used in the game, and I don't remember what the phrase was. But then someone in the comments like quoted that and said, "Lol, SpongeBob," and there was like a whole big discussion. Like, no, no, that's not just a, that's just a phrase. That's just a regular phrase. Can you feel like, yeah, it? But it was yeah, only a phrase like after that. SpongeBob. Like, 
What? Was a phrase like, can you uh, feel it? I'm just giving an example of something which was used in yeah. Spongebob, but you could totally use it without intending it to be a Spongebob yeah. joke. Oh, it's like a thing that exists. Like, it's like, no, dude, this is just a phrase. It, it predates Spongebob. It postdates Spongebob. It some would argue have not has nothing to do with spongebob <laughs> i'm ready anyway yeah something like that anyway let's answer some listener questions <laughs> okay so some questions uh from twitter from our uh fan base um we got this one from uh elizabeth pfeffer a super fan of o rock studios i think it's safe to say um she wants to know uh, and i think this one's uh specifically for you michael um why did you choose Titanic? This is actually two parts. Let me give you the first one first. Uh, why did you choose uh, Titanic for your game? That's an interesting question. I knew I was going to write a mermaid game because I was pitching it to um, Heart's Choice. And one of the genres they were looking for was supernatural. And I didn't want to do vampires or werewolves because I feel like that's been overdone. Vampire romance, uh, werewolf romance. Mm-hmm. So uh, mermaid romance. Um So I knew it was going to be a story about a mermaid going on to land, and for whatever reason, I just decided to go with Titanic. I wanted it specifically to be in that era. Um, I wanted the game to be set in, like, the early 1900s, and so um, my mind just went with Titanic. That's that's vaguely mermaid theme. It deals with the ocean and water. But mainly, I just wanted her to come on land and be surprised by human technology, which kind of didn't make it into the original game. I mean, it didn't make it into the final game, but that was the original idea behind it. So that's why I wanted it to be in the early 1900s, as opposed to modern day. Because I feel like if somebody just comes out of water modern day, they would not be surprised by technology as much, because everything's computers. That's not as exciting as walking on land (laughs) and seeing oh my gosh, there are cars and light bulbs. And you come on today, it's like, oh, that's run by a computer. Oh, that's run by a computer, and that's run by a computer, and that's run by a computer. That's That was my entire thought process. Oh, I love it. So that's, that's my answer. <laughs> uh, and part two of her question, do you watch, and I, this one's more for both of us, I think, do you watch court shows like The People's Court or Judge Judy uh, did they influence you guys to make internet court? I've never seen any court shows, really. <laughs> I know who yeah, Judge Judy is, neither. but... I barely know who Judge Judy is. No, I think I think it's uh, safe to say, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think it's safe to say we were much, much, much more inspired by the Ace Attorney series. Mm-hmm. Uh, does that sound right to Definitely. you? Uh, basically wanted to make an FMV version of Phoenix Wright. That's, that's, that's sort of where that came from. Sorry, no, uh, no, court, no court dramas for us. Yeah. Didn't we play, like, the one Law and Order game where they had a courtroom segment? That's right, we did. I think, well, I play. I forget, I played one of, like, one of the episodes with you. Yeah, that, your, that was it. I did one game with... Game channel? Yeah, I did yeah. one with Diana, and that was it, so we didn't play any of the others. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I guess... Yeah, that's, that's, that would be the sum total of my experience of courtroom TV shows, is playing it. one episode of... It was Telltale, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Wasn't it a Telltale game? Well, yeah, Telltale's <laughs> Law and Order, <laughs> which until right now I forgot was a thing. Uh, um, so we actually had uh, another question. Um, this one's from Hugh Miller, um, who is actually going to be uh, one of the actors of Internet Court, uh, and also one of the models in Pizza Boy. So maybe we should actually have him on the podcast sometime. Oh, yeah. Um, he wants to know, uh, and this this ties into Elizabeth's question really well, 
Where do you get your ideas for your games? Uh, it seems like you've had the most amazing palette of ideas, from cats running for president to magical beards to time-traveling pizza boys. What's next, and how do you do it? Um, so I guess we kind of already talked about what's next, the the next several games that we're, we're, we're thinking about and working on. Um, yeah, I have no idea. Where did you come up with magical beard? <laughs> um, so I think... <laughs> I'm assuming that's a reference to the Beard in the Mirror. Um, unfortunately, that's the one I really can't take too much credit for because, I mean, that was, that was Lizzo's, my wife's Lizzo's project to start. I didn't, I, I didn't really jump in until a little while after she'd already been coding and writing and doing all the art and everything. So, I mean, that, that's all her. I know it came from a desire to make a Sierra style adventure game, uh, something that looked and felt like the sort of thing she played when, when she was growing up. But, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's all there is to that. Um, Cat President, uh, we probably talked about this before, but from what I remember, Cat President came from us tweeting at each other. Stupid ideas at each other, yeah. Yes! <laughs> tweeting, can we make a game about talking cats running for president? That's one of my favorite, th- yeah, that's like one of those things where I, you know, tweet back and forth with Michael about a really stupid idea, and then like within a day, I already have a 15-page script sitting in my inbox. <laughs> I believe Cat President was one of those games. I believe, yeah, I, I think I wrote the uh, opening scene up to the point where we meet the cats, and then I, I just came up with a list of yeah. particular cats. And then I wrote um, <laughs> down um, pathway ideas. Uh, I don't know where I came up with the idea that each pathway needed to be 10 chapters long, but I sent you a list of all the chapters and what was going to happen in each chapter, and you said go for it, and then like half of them ended up being nothing like the original <laughs> plot line. Yeah. Like Thunder's, Thunder Paws just went completely off the rails and never went back. Um... That's right. I think you even talked about that in the behind the scenes uh, bonus pathway mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that was just us bouncing dumb ideas off. I, I I always wonder about that. Like, like does does Tim Schafer like develop design games on Twitter like this? Like, does Sid Meier like working on the next Civilization game by like tweeting at his friends like, "What should I do for the next Civilization game?" I feel like I wonder how uniquely Rock Studios that is. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> just messing around on Twitter, making games out of it. Um, yeah, um, same like. A lot of a lot of the ones that I I work on too, like, and I, again, this is probably familiar territory for this podcast. But a lot of the things I end up that make it to production on my end are combinations of a bunch of different things that I was thinking about doing at the time. So, like for example, uh, Life in the Dorms came about because I wanted to make an adventure game, uh, and the programmer I was working with wanted to make a game in a relatively small environment, so we wouldn't have to create too many environment assets. And um, I had a pretty bad experience in dorms in college, and it was on my mind a lot, and I wanted to make a game making fun of it. (laughs) So, you know, kind of put all those ideas together in a paper bag and shake it up, and out comes life in the dorms. Like, stuff like that. Like, Awkward Steve was a game, was based on the fact that I wanted to make an FMV game. Uh, I knew that... I was going to have to be the only character and that it was going to be set in my house uh, because that's what I could afford. Um, I think it ended up being this weird artsy thing because because uh, I had just seen the episode of Gilmore Girls where, where Kirk makes a weird indie film and that was sort of bouncing around in my head, you know. 
Uh, and the social anxiety part came from I had been talking with a friend about making a game about a. Uh, it was more going to be more of an adventure game, but about a guy who was having trouble answering the door. So that project never went anywhere. So I sort of I co-opted that for this other thing that I was bouncing around with. So. You know, they come from a bunch of different weird places, basically. Yeah, I've got um, a folder full of random game ideas or, you know, things that I wrote but haven't gone anywhere. So, I mean, I've got mm-hmm. my original pitch for the Lawyer Game still, which looks nothing like the way oh, it cool. looks now. It's just called Lawyer Game. Um, I think there was another Lawyer Game, a second one that you wanted, Trial by Hellfire. So I've still got that. Oh, yeah. And I've got, like... That was a good idea. <laughs> and then I've got other random things. Craft store romance. <laughs> Love on the Oregon Trails one. It's like, oh, I've got to resurrect that someday. And then our yeah. old adventure game that we were going to do. Oh, until we realized that other people already did the same yeah, thing. Yeah, and the book that I was thinking of adapting because I can't write mysteries. <laughs> that yeah. ended up not working. I wonder, that's, that's another thing, like... I I wonder, I mean, I I guess this is probably true for other designers and developers. They just kind of have a a Word document or a piece of paper somewhere where where they have lists of ideas that they want to work on in the future. Like, I I have the the same thing. I had a, uh, what do I have? Oh, the, (laughs) actually, here's a crossover with uh, the Game Cola podcast. Uh, Alex to Alex has been an idea sitting in my head uh, for a while. Uh, uh, Dating sim, or was it, what was it, an FMV game about a dating website where everybody's named Alex, like, Every and they're all played by Jetty, like just goofy, goofy stuff like that. Or I have, or, like, um, I have like I have that seven-page script. <laughs> Alex to yeah. Alex, no, no, no. I wrote seven pages of it. It's just been sitting there. I haven't looked at it since. <laughs> yeah, I think it's because I have I have a version of that too. That I then that that idea sort of morphed into this even weirder idea I had been playing around with. Um, a game, an FMV game called Perfectly Normal Love in the Cool Dude's House. <laughs> Just gonna be a game about where you're something about you're answering a personal ad to to go to these <laughs> this house with a bunch of different brothers who are all living together and and go talk to all of them and see which one you want to date. This is the stupidest thing. So these are the ideas that don't don't make it off of the, <laughs> the drawing room table. Yeah, this, whatever. So that that's another thing too. I guess is the the games that end up being finished products are often the games that like I've been saying, can combine a lot of things that we've been talk- thinking about and wanting to make. And also just like the ideas we get most excited about or the ideas that we are able to go the farthest with. Those are the sort. Those are the ones that end up getting made. I actually had an idea for an Awkward Steve sequel too, that, but I'm, I'm not going to talk about that yet uh, in okay. case I ever end up actually doing it. But that's a... Uh, it's another one of those ideas that I, I had a quick thought for but never really fleshed it out, so who knows what ever happened. If it'll ever happen. Um, anyway, I hope that answers your question, Hugh. Uh, thanks for writing, and Elizabeth, thanks for writing. Um, and what do you say? I think that, uh, that'll do it for this episode. Does that sound right to you? Yep, sounds good. Yeah, all right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Paul M. Franzen, and Michael is at Argelfump, which is spelled exactly as it sounds. You can check out all of our games on Steam or itch.io, or just visit orock.com for the complete library. Our theme song is Dead Monster by March of the Danger Men. You can check them out on SoundCloud. Uh, our latest game is the Francie Drew and Friends Collection, uh, an anthology. It's... <laughs> <laughs> it's a group of five different indie games. <laughs> yes. Little, weird little visual novels, you know. It's fun. Go check it out on Steam if you haven't yet, uh, based on our sales figures. You probably haven't, so I don't know why you're taking so long. Um, 
And finally, if you have any questions about game development or our game specifically, we would love to hear them. Uh, just go ahead and email them to podcast at com. Is there anything you'd like to add, Michael? Um, bleep, bloop, blop, bleep. That's my great <laughs> Star Wars reference. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next month. <laughs> yeah, next month. <laughs> that was fun. Then I'm going to come back to her and say, hi, can you draw hot anime guys? And, <laughs> and then hopefully she'll say yes.